Hello everyone and thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener, long time listener, all the same, it's greatly appreciated. And thank you for your constant, constant support. And here we go, ah, here we go again. Another DC superhero film to split the internet into. I feel like this is just how... Just how it's going and it's going to be now moving forward regarding superhero films, in particular DC, because we've clearly reached a point where quality is pretty much out of the window. It just seems that the studios are wanting, as Kylo Ren put it, more! Uh, and it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's half-assed or anything. If it's just nonsense, they're going to put it on the big screen. All of this opening sentiment and statement, I should say, is where I'm currently at and where I've been at with the superhero genre for a while now, I, granted I've enjoyed the odd couple, including the highly divisive Flash movie, but I just don't see Marvel or DC films as these big events anymore, which is a shame because they were once the best reason to go to the cinema. But as we know, all good things must come to an end, and I, I would say that like the Batman is the best superhero film since Endgame, and you could probably push me to say it's the best one since The Dark Knight, but I really don't want to like cause any more fuss or anything like that on the podcast. It's just that DC and Warner Brothers do have it in them to put out good material. It just seems that lately they are having more misses than hits. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because here we are again with yet another DC release, and it's again extremely underwhelming and very flat and even boring at times. Blue Beetle is the latest hero on the big screen, directed by Angel Manuel Soto, and I had no idea about anything to do with this character prior to the announcement of the film, or just its release in general. So my curiosity got me on this one. I was thinking, like, maybe it could be just, like, that first Iron Man film, which was a huge surprise hit, especially for me as well, personally, because, again... I didn't really know anything about the character. I wasn't invested in the character of Iron Man. And I think a lot of people as well could agree with that. In a lot of ways, though, Blue Beetle, the film, is like Iron Man and Iron Man 2. But that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery when it's done well. And this film does an awful lot of things wrong, like really, really bad. Um, I don't want to just be like a negative Nelly, though. Like, I don't want to be negative because there are good things and moments in this film. However, not enough for me to be in a rush to ever watch the film again or even get excited about James Gunn and Peter Safran's new vision or future for the DC Universe. If this is anything to go by, I'd start to lower any expectations that you may have for what's to come next. But with all that being said, we're going to be diving into all things Blue Beetle on this pod. This podcast is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts as to rss.com. Jump onto these socials, search your blogs about films into Facebook and Instagram, give us a like and a follow on there. That would be awesome if you could leave a review as well on Apple, Spotify, Google by clicking on that five-star button, four-star, three, whatever star. I, I just, just to be awesome if you could, it really would be appreciated. Get in touch, all that jazz. Let's talk about films. And again, thank you, as always, for your constant support. Back to Blue Beetle, an alien scarab chooses college graduate Jaime Reyes to be a symbiotic host, bestowing the teenager with a suit of armour that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as... Blue Beetle. I'll start by saying that the first half of the film was pretty decent enough, and I did find myself enjoying like the back and forth and chemistry with the main family, the Reyes family, more on those guys shortly. However, the film just hits a wall in the middle that slows it right down to the point where I was, I was genuinely bored, and what was a two-hour film felt like a four-hour film. And as origin stories go, this doesn't break the mould or wheel of those familiar stories that we're used to and that we've seen before. If anything, 
just ticks along doing everything you've seen in those previous superhero films. You've got your hero that's thrusted in this new world and circumstances of becoming a hero with new gizmo gadgets and powers. You've got a love interest for the said hero, a bunch of baddies that want to use said gizmo gadgets and powers for evil. You have a family member tragedy that drives the lead to become a true hero. You then have the lead understanding his gift and powers to become the hero and defeat the bad guys. All of that is in this film. The only smart difference is with Blue Beetle is that the film really drives home that sense and feel of family. Now, the film is cinema's first Hispanic-American-led superhero, which is fantastic to see. And in doing so, the film has an almost entirely Hispanic-American cast, which allows audiences from all over to witness a different culture and lifestyle, even references that we aren't aware of. I thought this family dynamic was the beating heart of the film. And that whilst it does have noticeably great moments most of which, courtesy of George Lopez's incredible character, Uncle Ruby, it did feel a little too much towards the end for me with this film. Like, I felt a little bit nauseated from the fact that the family theme was always ever-present. Honestly, don't get me wrong, I thought the film did a great job of mixing it up and having the family all the way through the film. You know, like our hero, Heme, always has his family by his side, rooting for him, supporting him, embarrassing him too, of course, but always wanting what's best for him. Even when he first gets the scarab and becomes Blue Beetle, the family are right there for it, and throughout, they are right there with him every step of the way. It is a very nice touch, and one that certainly feels fresh when comparing to other superhero films who, when it comes to family characters, they just push them to one side, even forgotten about when the action kicks in. Now, Blue Beetle obviously does break the mould on that front, but sadly, even that gets a little bit too much. Now, I'd be lying if I said that all the jokes didn't work, because of course some landed, of course some worked. The Nana character was awesome. A real badass at times, that character. And yes, I chuckled when she got her hands on that big, like, gun, Gatling gun or whatever that she uses. But, like, the film would take that and then overuse it, like, over, just, oh, just run it into the ground until you're just so fed up of hearing the same gag. Like, it, it felt like they'd make a good joke and then make the same joke over and over for repeat laughs. Now, this is something that, of course, I just didn't vibe with, like, at all. It just, it probably doesn't help that prior to the film's, like, next joke or next gag that comes along, I was already bored to tears, so having a chuckle seemed impossible when I was that bored for the majority of this flick. It's like once Heme gets the suit and powers, which is a great montage of just mayhem, that was great, but then after all of that, it is just a bunch of travelling from here to there to try and get the beetle removed, all the while the bad guys are just after them for said beetle. There is so much exposition here as well, talking about how the love interest, that's the character Jenny, how her father was the OG Blue Beetle, this and that, and how... He's now got all this tech that he's cooked up on the back of the scarab, you know, of having the scarab. There's also a lot of talk about how her father's family are now wanting to make these big, bad-looking armor suits for police or whatever it is, which, of course, they look menacing and evil. I never understand why bad guys do this in films. Like, they're always like, yeah, let's make a suit of armor, but it has to be as unfriendly and menacing looking as possible. I mean, it's worth mentioning just while we're at it, Susan Sarandon, because we're talking about the baddie, she is said baddie, and she is pretty awful. Like, the paycheck definitely helped sway her to this role, surely, as, like, 
she is given nothing really to showcase any talent. Very much a case of reading lines from a script. I didn't like her character at all, and she just felt very 2D. Uh, she's got this henchman as well, who's like a cyborg, basically, that all the way through is like... It could have been a pretty good villain, like maybe could have been the main villain. And we even get a great flash of his like backstory in the third act where I was like, well, there you go. There's your villain story in arc right there. Like just have what happened to him as the catalyst of him becoming the villain. The main villain, that is, sorry. Problem is, it comes one hour, 50 minutes too late. And by then, you've seen this character basically just be a whiplash ripoff for the duration of this film. I think in terms of good performances in here, though, there are some, obviously. It stems, like I was kind of hinting at earlier, it stems from the Reyes family. Like, they are the, the backbone of the story. They are absolutely fantastic. They complement each other very well. Holo Maraduena is really great as Heme, and I did enjoy his transformation from this fresh-faced kid out of college that's then thrust into this insane amount of power and responsibility. Like, he just came across extremely likeable. Cheesy, yeah, fair enough at times, but I have no real complaints with him when he wasn't CGI'd up from head to toe, you know. But he was fine. Like, I haven't seen Cobra Kai or anything like that. This is my first real introduction to him as an actor, unless I've missed something, I'm not sure. But I can see him bringing something new to any future collaboration or team-ups within the DC world moving forward. I wasn't overly convinced, though, with the relationship that blossoms between he and Bruno Marquezine's Jenny Cord. It did feel very left-field how they ended up being intertwined and then suddenly, like, their best mates and potential love interests. I thought some of it worked, but I, I, I would say that comparing the relationship and chemistry to that of the family dynamic, these two were very unbelievable as a couple and just felt just quite forced. Um, Marquezine's performance wasn't terrible or anything, just again didn't really buy into this and like I felt that not a lot not an awful lot of substance was in the script for a character it just all felt very surface level if you know what I mean Belisi Escobedo as Milagro Reyes that's Heme's sister she was okay I felt that sadly most of her lines and comedic moments were what brought the film down just didn't really take off when it came to humor great back and forth with the brother in the film but again just it just didn't all work for me the better parts of her performance came in when the family was in peril you know or when the emotional hit happens of one of the members of the family sadly killed off spoilers but that was where she really came into her own i thought that the range that she had was fantastic and again just backs up my points about the strength the family dynamic had on the film being very believable the final character I will give another shout to is Uncle Rudy. As already stated earlier, one of the standouts played by George Lopez, who was so infectious as his character. I enjoyed this paranoid, anti-government, untrusting persona that he had and just thought his quirks were really grand for the most part. Again, though, like I have already mentioned earlier, I did feel a little bit fed up with the character and, and just this, like, say, family and jokes and such, the longer that the film went on. I find it hilarious that he gets hold of this, like, Blue Beetle ship and just knows instantly how to drive the bloody thing. That the constant jokes just didn't add anything when it came to helping Heme in the action at the end. And I just it just got a little frustrating having every set piece ruined by him screaming or making a gag. I'm all for it, you know, for a couple of times here and there, but after two hours, I wouldn't have been all that bothered if he made a joke that ended up being his last. That sounds harsh, but it really got grating. 
action-wise, the film's a bit of a blur. Again, it doesn't break any new ground and just just a case of smash and grab, smash and grab over and over. The CGI at times looks awesome. Then in other places, it looks disastrous. The final battle suffered a lot due to bad CGI. I feel like we say that all the time, don't we? The third act of the film, the CGI is an absolute state, this, that, and the other. That is the same for Blue Beetle. It's messy and clunky, end-of-level boss fight, basically. I really did enjoy the montage of Heme in the suit for the first time, though. This is where you get the bus being cut in half, him flying up to space back, etc. It all worked so, so well. Like The best moment of the film for me. And, and again, really, really a lot of fun. I said about not every joke landing, but there was one here where there's these guys who have taken some substance, we should say, and they're questioning whether it's kicked in or not whilst the Blue Beetle is buzzing around causing destruction. Hilarious, that was great, I really did enjoy that. But overall, I am underwhelmed with this film. Not that my expectations were sky high, they were mid to low, so it's not like I feel like I've been let down or like my time was wasted. I knew what I was getting into, but I still, it could have been better, you know, especially when comparisons have been made prior that it was like Ant-Man. Um, and I bloody love Ant-Man. I agree. I think that I think the first Ant-Man is a tremendous film. This sadly is not Ant-Man for me. It's just another film that's been added to a long list of unsatisfying DC films. Blue Beetle, more like Dung Beetle. 5.5 out of 10 for me, I'm going to give it. It's a little bit of a shame because I think, again, th there was optimism in a way that it could maybe surprise me, but I was always going in being like, well, if it does, great. If it doesn't, pff, whatever. And again, like I stated at the start, I'm not overly convinced moving forward about this, this new DC universe, this and that. I'm just going to see what happens. I'm very picky now when it comes to superhero films of ones that I do want to watch. There's obviously a few more coming out this year that I'm, I'm again, I'm very, very like hesitant about checking out. But we'll see anyways, you know. But again, Blue Beetle, there are going to be people out there that are going to absolutely adore this film and think it's fantastic. And there are going to be people out there like me probably think it's just a little bit there. So that's fine though, isn't it? All opinions are valid, eh? But thank you as always for clicking on the podcast. It really is appreciated, like I state all the time. Really do appreciate support. Do get in touch on the socials, as I say Facebook and Instagram, Joe Blogs About Films. Leave a review, all that jazz. But as always, thank you so much for listening to me waffling away in your ear hole. Until the next episode, take care.